Simplicity as a life philosophy. Two kids, one on the way, lots of different interests, lots of ideas. Every day I have more ideas bursting out of my ears and I have time to even consider them. Simplicity has become a theme central to my life. How do I do more of what matters and less of what doesn't? How do I push aside all those good or possibly even great ideas so I can focus on the trivial few things that are really going to move the needle? Since I master my time, since I am call myself you know, retired, even though I work every day, and I'm trying to find what that next big thing is, what's that next thing I'm going to do? I actually think it's the newsletter. Better human, thebetterhuman.co, once a month for email, paid twice a week. You're going to love it. It's going to make you better human. Get the free one at least, thebetterhuman.co. Hope to see you there. Again, it's how much is enough? How much time on the different projects? How much time do I invest in this? Do I pick one thing and then let everything else go by the wayside? Do I have a few things? When do I have time to read? When do I have time to think? When do I have time to take long walks and not feel pressure from work? When do I have time to just be in the moment completely with the kids? How much of my day should I work? How many hours should I work? Every single one of these questions has a golden mean that is the right dose of just enough, not too much, not too little. And if you actually consider your human life, every single thing you're trying to do in your life, every single thing in your life is you're trying to find the perfect golden mean. Aristotle coined this term. It's a desirable middle between two extremes, one of excess and the other of deficiency. It appeared in Greek thought at least as early as the Delphic maxim, nothing in excess, and emphasized in later Aristotelian philosophy. Virtue is the golden mean between two vices, the one of excess and the other of deficiency. So it's the perfect middle, the Goldilocks, if you will. In your life, some things that you're trying to figure out. So how much exercise is just enough? Not too much, not too little. How much sleep is just enough? You can definitely oversleep and not feel so great, and you can undersleep and not feel so great. How much water, food, rest, work, play, solitude, family time, socializing, going out, not going out? How much should you talk versus listen? How many questions should you ask versus statements you make? How much body fat should you carry? How much money should you spend versus save? How much should you invest in this investment compared to that one? How much cash should you keep in an emergency fund? How much should you walk each day? The thing with you is you're an average. Your average, your mean is whatever it is. Some people are good at having a very high average in most things. You could say they're kind of a jack of all trades. It's definitely me. I have a lot of things in my life that I consider myself probably in the top 10 to 20% of, you know, health, fitness, mindset, intelligence, things I've accomplished, money, you know, et cetera. I pride myself in doing a lot of different things and being relatively good at them when I do them. The flip side of that is I'm not world-class in anything. I don't have a world-class podcast. I don't have world-class writing skills. I don't have uh, you know, New York Times bestselling book. I don't have a lot of these things that I do want and that I want to work towards because I'm not obsessively focused on them. I've never been able to find that creative pursuit I mean, aside for business, I've done this in business when I focus, but right now I'm more pursuing a cre- creative side, producing content, things like that. I haven't been able to figure out what's that one thing. Should I write a master book and just like spend three years doing that? Or should I focus on doing the interview and making that the best in the world? Or should I do the newsletter, the paid newsletter, which actually, as I record this, I have been deciding that's going to be something I'm going to be focusing on and making the best in the freaking world. It's really hard when you have a wide variety of interests and you naturally are a jack of all trades. Uh, to hone in on one or two things because what you find in the internet land that we live in today is that there are so many people that you're going to find the best quality ideas, works of art, et cetera, from the few that are obsessed, that are literally becoming the 1% of the world at things. So for the rest of us, a jack of all trades, we got to kind of figure out what is our culmination of multiple things. We got to kind of combine different interests and or skills so that we are our own unique as Navalsa's personal monopoly. And that's totally something we should all do. But it's something where you're probably not going to be like a gold medalist or become famous for doing this one thing or write the next great American novel. If you're not obsessively focusing on one freaking thing, it's not likely that you're going to be able to rise above all the other really great 
people out there producing amazing things because they're dedicating their lives to doing so. Einstein, for example, has like one big idea. You know, he published some other papers and had some other ideas, but it was really the E equals MC squared. That was his big revolutionary idea. And he spent most of his day just daydreaming about it and trying to do logic puzzles and thought experiments in his mind. Buffett, one thing that he committed his life to, where he read all day long, basically, like eight to 10 hours a day of reading company reports and business this and business that, whatever. And there's actually a funny anecdote, which is why maybe you don't want to become that obsessive 1% in the world because of things like this. So he came home and I believe it was his son that was at the bottom of the stairs, like laying on the ground. I don't know if he was unconscious or just hurt or something. And he absentmindedly walked, stepped over this, I think it was son, stepped over this person, walked up the stairs to go to his room where he then closed the door and proceeded to do his like daily reading the rest of the day routine. People like Buffett that are like genius level in, a, in their compulsion and obsessiveness in one domain, what happens is they have a bunch of other things in their life that fall by the wayside. And that is usually the price of becoming like world famous and having a legacy where people might talk about you for years to come. Personally, I don't care about that. I would really not like it if I stepped over my son is the bottom of the stairs, maybe in a life or death situation, because I'm just so focused on like, I gotta get upstairs to start reading that I don't even really fathom this thing in front of me. Like, no, thanks, that's not me. I would much rather have a very high level in a lot of things and live a well-balanced life of abundance and success and happiness and being in the moment and producing work that matters and doing things that matter and spending time with friends and family and doing all different things that we all really want to do. That's more for me. Another example of this concept is Icarus. Daedalus warns his beloved son, whom he loved so much, to fly the middle course between the sea spray and the sun's heat. Icarus did not want to heed his father. He flew up and up until the sun melted the wax off his wings. For not heeding the middle course, he fell into the sea and drowned. And so this uh, myth is good in explaining how that middle area is usually where you find the best way forward, the best and safest and most sustainable path. You don't want to go too much up and you don't want to go too down because if you go down, you fly into the sea and you drown. If you go up to the sun, you get burned and then you drown anyways. You can have companies that fail because they have so much success and excess and they totally miss sight of the ball. And then eventually over time they make mistakes and then they fail. And you can have failure from not having enough sales and revenue. (laughs) Very simple way to fail is you just have no customers. But the best businesses are those that are around hundred plus years that really stick to their core focus, focus on their core product and customers, and just do that every single year in, year out with ideally an eye towards any innovation that they can maybe be had to better serve the customers. That again, to me, is way more exciting to have that business than to have the new hottest startup that has a $10 billion valuation, but hasn't actually made any profit. So you can find this concept everywhere in your life. It's a very, very important concept. And how this relates to simplicity is that we have so many options in our environment. There is so much complexity. There's so much distraction that we have to keep things simple. The simpler we can keep things, but not too simple, like simple enough so that we can track, that we can build, that we can stay consistent with, that is where we're gonna find the golden mean in our lives. And you do that with everything, like fitness, for example. Multi-billion dollar industry, trying to sell you crap that you don't need most of the time and complicating it. Really, squat once a week, (laughs) deadlift once a week, sprint once a week, play a sport maybe once or twice a week, take lots of walks, and then do your health stuff. Eat clean, most of your meals at home, sleep, lots and lots of sleep, get sunlight, and then laugh and have a good time and stop stressing out. And then you can, of course, apply this to business, to success, to everything. Steve Jobs famously and Apple are known for their simplicity in their products. When Steve Jobs came back to Apple after he was fired, it was some like, I don't know, years later, seven years later, 10 years later, I don't know what it was, but he came back and they had 55 product lines. Think about this a second, 55 product lines. He came in, looked at everything and said, we're going down to seven. 
Now, was that painful? Was that bold? How many people had to either lose their job or be shifted to something else completely? How much money was invested to all these other product lines that were just scrapped in a second? And then Apple went on to become the most valuable company in the history of the world. That's not an accident. That's not uncorrelated. That is exactly why they were able to do that. Intense focus on the few things that really move the needle and having an obsession to simplicity. So like I said, get the Better Human newsletter over at thebetterhuman.co. You'll get a free email every month. And I'm really, really spending a lot of time to invest all of my energy and my creative output into that newsletter and find the best information for you so that every week you're getting something that is gonna make you better, that's gonna engage you, excite you, give you cool, interesting facts, maybe challenge you from time to time. And I'm really excited about the format in general, just the idea of having an audience that you have a one-on-one relationship with where they're paying you, you're writing to them, and you're trying to give them the best you possibly can. There's just something about the pressure that comes from a paid product versus free content. It's completely different for the consumer and for the producer. So thebetterhuman.co, check it out. I hope you subscribe. If you have any questions or comments, you can always reply to any of those newsletters or send me an email or comment or whatever. And I hope you subscribe to this on the podcast app and YouTube, and I'll see you in the next one. (laughs) 